Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hey, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. We have a great show for you today, folks, because two of our favorite film critics have agreed to reveal their picks for the best of the 2015 holiday film and DVD releases. Nell Minow, also known as the Movie Mom, and Mad Movie Man A.J. Hawkery uh, are supposed to be here. AJ is here. He's in the green room. Nell hasn't called in yet. And as most of our regular listeners know, Nell and AJ pull no punches when talking about films. So we're always excited when they agree to visit us together on the same show. They're so candid and informative and great fun to listen to. And you know, folks, today's episode is designed to help us make choices among the many films and DVD releases vying for our dollars during November and December this year. And uh, our guests are very well qualified to help us in this regard. Nell writes commentary for BeliefNet.com and is the author of many wonderful film-related books. She's been featured in such publications as USA Today and the New York Times, and AJ contributes very entertaining and insightful film reviews to various sites, including Real Talk Movie Reviews, yay, and his own popular blog, CineSlice, and that's capital C-I-N-E, capital S-L-I-C-E. So since since we have uh, AJ here already, Let's uh, let's bring him on now. AJ, are you ready to talk about the uh, holiday uh, releases in the theater and on DVD now? You know I am because this time of year is when the studios like to put out a lot of stuff in theaters for people to go out and see, whether, you know, by themselves or as a family. Plus, it's around this time of year that a lot of uh, great titles hit uh, physical media. I'm still a big physical media guy. And uh, the companies and studios want uh, their uh, most pristine product out for, you know, ideal gift giving. So it's it's literally like Christmas for me this time of year. Well, it certainly is. And uh, it's not uh, a Christmas around here unless I have you and uh, Nell uh, on the show to help us pick out uh, the, the movies that we that we think we would like to see. And I, I understand that that Nell has arrived now, welcome back here. to Movie Attic Headquarters. Thank you. Are you ready uh, to talk about the, to- uh, the topic of you the day? You bet I am. Can't wait. <laughs> Great. Well, Nell, I want to let you know that we only have uh, AJ today for 20 minutes. So uh, what we're going to do is give him the, uh, uh, you know, the first go at the subject, give him his full 20 minutes. And uh, then uh, when he leaves, that will leave us, because I've extended the show to 60 minutes, that will leave us 40 minutes to talk about him after he's uh, after he leaves the show. How does that suit you? <laughs> that sounds just fine. <laughs> we'll have lots. We'll definitely have lots to say. <laughs> well, um, seriously, folks. Uh, you know, there are more than 40 theatrical releases scheduled between November and December this year. I noticed uh, that when I was reading the uh, Entertainment Weekly. So we we do need some guidance about what to look for. And um, so that's why I always like to call on YouTube because you you see uh, so many you know the, of the DVDs and the movies before the before the rest of us and. Um, I I think we will just bring A.J. back on here now. And, A.J., why don't you uh, get the ball rolling and uh, give us uh, uh, the scoop on the 10 best 
film releases during this November and December that you've picked. Absolutely. And before I get into my list, I just want to let you know that uh, some of these releases are opening in a limited release this year, so a lot of theaters, uh, major theaters, might not be able to get them until, you know, uh, uh, January or February because they're just kind of being put out in limited release for awards consideration. So if you can't right. uh, find them immediately, uh, just uh, just hold on for a while, and if they get enough buzz, they could be in a multiplex near you. So uh, that Good being point. said, here are the t- yep, here are the ten movies between now and uh, the end of the year that I am most excited to seeing, just in alphabetical order. <clears throat> First up, we have Animaliza, which is a movie that uh, caused a big stir, I believe, at the uh, Toronto Film Festival. It was co-directed and uh, written by Charlie Kaufman, who a, a very famous screenwriter wrote uh, Being John Malkovich and uh, won the Academy Award for uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This is his latest movie. I believe it's a stop-motion animated uh, movie, and I've heard oh. like nothing but incredible things about this. David Thewlis voices one of the main characters. Uh, Charlie Kaufman is one of those names that if you put it on any movie, I'm I'm going to be there because right? he is such a uh, creative and inventive guy. And so I'm definitely excited to see what he has in store. So Animaliza, that's first up. My uh, next uh, pick is a movie about a uh, subject that you wouldn't expect coming from its director, and that is The Big Short, about the financial crisis, uh, 2007-2008. Incredible cast. You have uh, Christian Bale, and you have uh, Brad Pitt, and uh, I believe Steve Carell. And uh, the whole thing is directed by Adam McKay, who is more famous for his Will Ferrell comedies. He did uh, the Anchorman movies and uh, Step Brothers and the other guys. So to see him tackle a subject like this, it's, it definitely raised my eyebrows when I first heard about it, but I saw the trailer and was really impressed by it. And I have heard uh, very good reviews about this, uh, advanced reviews coming about this out of the gate. So I'm definitely more excited more than ever to see kind of see him direct uh, something more on the dramatic side and to see a cast like this in action. And so that's the big short. Uh, my next pick is one that I've... Uh, Possibly one of my uh, top three most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. Uh, And having grown up with the series that it spun off of, uh, seeing the initial trailer is just like, got got the feelings going in my heart. And that is Creed, where you follow uh, Michael Michael B. Jordan from uh, Chronicle, playing the uh, illegitimate son of Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies. Uh, who decides to make a name for himself in the fighting game, and he comes to a particular guy to be his trainer, and that is Rocky himself, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, The trailers for this uh, look incredible, and they really did set the tone for uh, what I've heard the movie is, in that it's not so much, you know, Rocky Seven, like, it isn't Rocky's story, it is focusing on this uh, this new character played by Jordan, although Stallone is definitely in there. And I have heard some advance uh, Oscar buzz for Stallone for a possible Best Supporting Actor nomination. And considering what a good job he's done through most of the other movies, you know, uh, Rocky Four and Five aside, which are just kind of like, we just don't like to talk about those. He's done a pretty good job as this beloved character. Uh, so, But to see him uh, still in the universe, but the story focused on a different figure, it's going to be an interesting angle for this movie to play. I'm definitely excited to see Creed. <clears throat> and my fourth pick is uh, the latest Pixar movie, and that is... <clears throat> sorry about that. My uh, uh, next pick is The Good Dinosaur. Uh, so we have uh, two original uh, Pixar movies this year, one after the other. And considering uh, Inside Out is it's still my uh, favorite m- uh, movie of the year so far, I'm definitely oh. excited to see uh, what uh, this what this movie has in store for us. Uh, knowing the Pixar crew, it's going to be funny. It's going to look great. It's going to be touching. It's probably not going to make me uh, turn into a puddle of tears as much as Inside Out did, but it definitely looks to be like a fun, heartwarming family experience, not something that's you know, just for kids, but that the adults can find as much value in as well. So, yeah, it's a good dinosaur. Can't wait to see it. My uh, fifth pick is a much, much, much anticipated movie by many people, and that is the latest Quentin Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight, with one of his best casts yet. You have uh, Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson and Jennifer Jason Leigh and Bruce Dern, 
and Michael Madsen, and the list just goes on. That's another Western where you have a group of uh, a group of all these characters stuck in this isolated location. And the thing is, I'm not entirely sure like what the plot of the movie is, and that's kind of exciting where you just have these bounty hunters and outlaws and all these Western types just in this location, and something happens. I don't even particularly know if there is a something that happens to drive the plot forward, but knowing uh, Tarantino, the journey is going to contain a lot of great dialogue, uh, memorable performances, uh, great imagery. And so, yeah, I am I am 100% on board for The Hateful Eight. Maybe not going to be able to get to go see it in 70 millimeter as a lot of my uh, film uh, friends are, are going to are gonna try to see. But in any case, any Tarantino in any format, I'm up for it. And my next pick here is a documentary that I actually didn't hear about until just recently, but after, uh, you know, kind of reading up on it, I am definitely excited for it, and that is Hitchcock Truffaut, which I believe is inspired by a book that came about when Alfred Hitchcock and Francois Truffaut uh, met and discussed film and uh, just kind of spun off from there. And uh, the movie contains interviews with different directors uh, discussing both of these uh, filmmaking giants and their contributions and anything about the movies is uh, definitely uh, piques my interest, especially when you have two figures like uh, Hitchcock and Truffaut involved. So yeah, I'm 100% excited to see this one. Uh, my next pick is the next uh, David O. Russell film called Joy, and it being a David O. Russell film, yes, it has De Niro, yes, it has Jennifer Lawrence, and yes, it has uh, Bradley Cooper in it, a multi-generational story about this uh, woman uh, establishing her family and holding on to power. Uh, very interesting trailers for this one, and I know that David O. Russell kind of gets a lot of flack for uh, being the guy that, you know, he he makes a movie in the Academy, falls in love all over it for reasons that uh, some people can't really figure out. You know, I remember when uh, American Hustle had come out and the big hubbub over that, getting so many nominations and people seeing it as a subpar movie. You know, I was fine with American mm-hmm. Hustle. It didn't really bother me all that much. But to see people just, like, take such glee when it, like, lost every category was just kind of odd. But, yeah, Joy, uh, fantastic <laughs> cast, talented director behind the camera. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this one. <clears throat> And my next pick is uh, Macbeth, the latest uh, film version of Macbeth. And this has uh, this pick has nothing to do with the fact that I'm actually directing uh, production of Macbeth next year for the local community theater. I'm co-directing it uh, with uh-huh. uh, the teen, uh, teen stage production is what it's called, so it's uh, teenagers and high schoolers performing in this play. And uh, it's going to be my first co-directing job, or for my first directing job in general. And so I'm definitely excited to see uh, to. Uh, have that experience but as for why i'm excited to see this you know you had me at four words michael fassbender marion cotillard you have them playing Macbeth and lady Macbeth, of course respectively and uh just alone like okay i'm there fassbender one of today's you know finest actors and intense talent and you have him in as meaty of a part as Macbeth. uh i am all on board for that uh next up Let's see, I'm Macbeth. My next uh, pick is The Revenant, which had one of the most, uh, in, uh, some, two of the most intense trailers for any movie I've seen so far this year. It's the latest from uh, Alejandro Iñárritu, who, uh, you know, his, his third man swept the Oscars last year. Uh, movie that I wasn't so enthused about, but I am really excited to see The Revenant. It has uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Tom Hardy in this Western uh, revenge story which, with what looks to be fantastic cinematography. And you have uh, uh, just this intense storyline and uh, great actors working in it. So, yeah, The Revenant, I am 100% on board for that. And my last pick is kind of the no-brainer in the group, me being a sci-fi guy <laughs> and uh, me being a man of nerdly pursuits, Star Wars, <laughs> The Force Awakens. Like, there's just... I've even after like the prequels kind of you know uh, dampened my spirits not to harp on as the internet has you know shrieked about forever and ever about what a letdown the prequels were. Nothing has you know uh, dampened my enthusiasm for Star Wars. Like every new 
little uh, a trailer, an ad that I see, new piece of footage, it makes me feel like, okay, this franchise is in good hands. They're not just coasting on, uh, you know, uh, the fan base, just like, hey, we have these characters back, and uh, we're not going to really do anything with them. I, I am not picking up that kind of vibe from this movie. Star Wars The Force Awakens, uh, I, I, there's nothing to say. It's Star Wars. I'm on board. Yeah, I know the feeling. What a great list, and I've, um, I'm just so curious to to see um, to hear Nell's list. But I, but I know that you're um, on the kind of a time limit limit here. So why don't you also cover the? Um, I know you had some DV delights that you wanted to share with our listeners. So um, would you do that now before we call on Nell? Okay, and that probably should. Uh, uh, should uh, give us something to think about for DVDs because so much of the movie uh, viewing now is uh, by DVDs and Blu-ray. So what do you have for us, uh, your high recommendations for DVDs to get uh, during this holiday season that, that have been released this recently? All right. My five picks are actually upcoming picks. They're all coming out in December, you know, just in time for to get for the movie lover uh, for a Christmas or for your holiday get-together. Uh, we have uh, two of the, some of the most uh, fun movies that I experienced this past summer, one being uh, Ant-Man, the Marvel movie that kind of beat the odds, which had a troubled production history, a character that people thought, like, oh, no one's ever going to take this seriously, everyone's going to think he's lame, and it turned out to be, like, one of the most free-spirited fun, charismatic, visually inventive uh, blockbusters of the year. It was, you know, it was a treat for the eyes, and it was genuinely heartfelt and funny and fantastic. Ant-Man, terrific movie. And also uh, the latest in the Mission Impossible franchise, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. This is a series that, you know, as I've uh, talked about on the show before, is uh, important to me because I remember my dad taking me to see the very first yeah. Mission Impossible when I was 11 years old and, you know, Tom Cruise dangling from the ceiling. That entire scene, nobody talked for five minutes, and that uh, experience is just, like, stuck in my mind for so long. And I love seeing the evolution of this series, all of these different directors with different disciplines getting to, you know, take a crack at this franchise and to see uh, <clears throat> Christopher McQuarrie, who directed... Uh, Tom Cruise previously and Jack Reacher kind of continue the same uh, kind of uh, the team vibe and the jokey vibe that uh, Ghost Protocol had, but kind of uh, trimmed off a lot of the fat that I felt Ghost Protocol had, even though that was a very good movie, too, where, uh, yeah, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation was one of my uh, favorite movies of the summer. Very slick, very well put together, action-packed, loved it. And so so that's uh, Ant-Man and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, also coming out next month. From uh, Twilight Time, the boutique uh, Blu-ray label who releases, you know, just 3,000 copies of movies, sometimes 5,000 if uh, demand is enough. But one coming out next month that I put my pre-order in for is the 1984 version of 1984, starring John wow. Hurt and uh, Richard Burton. I remember renting this from the video store in high school, and it came in one of those, like, huge VHS cases that just stood out and almost, like, shoved the other tapes out of the way and like, yeah, move out of the way. I don't want to get attention. And it definitely got my attention and I saw it and I was absolutely gripped by the depiction of uh, George Orwell's novel brought to life. Uh, again, the cast, uh, Burton and uh, John Hurt did fantastic jobs in there. So even though uh, Twilight Time movies are a little pricey, just a little over uh, 30 bucks total for one movie, it's uh, definitely a collector's item and a uh, just a great, great movie in general that I'll be glad to add to my collection. So that's 1984. A little bit less depressing is the 25th anniversary Blu-ray for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh. Just simply one of the funniest Christmas comedies out there. <laughs> and this has been on Blu-ray before. It's been issued a couple times, but this is, like I said, this is the 25th anniversary edition. And from what I understand, it does have a remastered picture. So uh, all you uh, picture hounds out there, uh, it's going to be an improved uh, visual quality over the last releases. And again, kind of like Star Wars, it's Christmas Vacation. It's the movie that you know and you love. The smarminess and the, the situational comedy, definitely my favorite of the Vacation series. And just, uh, it's a bona fide Christmas classic all along. Not as much as my precious Christmas story, but few things are. 
And uh, my last, but certainly not least, is a fantastic-looking collection coming from Arrow Video, which is the Battles Without Honor and Humanity, the complete collection. Ooh. It's a 13-disc Blu-ray and DVD set featuring five movies from what has been referred to as J- Japan's answer to The Godfather. It's a story that begins in like post-war Japan about a gangster's rise through the Yakuza ranks, and throughout the five movies, it follows him and this gigantic ensemble of characters dealing with the changing times, you know, trying to legitimize the the Yakuza in the society and the gangs in the gang infighting and the rivals and all that stuff. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen these, but I remember just being blown away by the visual style. Uh, the director of, uh, I believe, all of these, or at least uh, most of them, was uh, Kinji Fukusaku, who uh, made uh, Battle Royale in uh, 2000, a very notable movie. But uh, this yeah. is a fantastic-looking set. The box looks great. It has a lot of supplements, a whole book about the series in general. So, yeah, Battles Without Honor and Humanity. I am so psyched for this. It's, my wallet's going to hate me for it, but uh, my love for the series, just i got to get it. Well, excellent, excellent choices and recommendations, AJ, as usual. And uh, we've come to the 20-minute mark in the show, so that was perfect timing. But, Nell, before uh, AJ leaves, do you, do you have any anything you'd like to say to him about his, uh, his list of uh, films and uh, DVDs for these two months? Uh, well, it was a great list. Uh, just what I would expect from AJ. I'm going to comment on some of his choices uh, as we go, and I'm sure he'll be listening in. Um, but I just want to say before he leaves that I really want to endorse his recommendation of Hitchcock Truffaut because I've seen the film. The um, book that inspired it is probably, or certainly the book that, that really made me a movie critic. It completely changed my life and transformed the way I think about movies. I read it when it first came out uh, back in uh, 1970, and um, uh, everyone should read it. Everyone who has any interest whatsoever in movies should read it, and the movie is just a beautiful valentine with comments from all your favorite directors uh, on how much the book and uh, Hitchcock's work have meant to them. Well, I can hardly wait to uh, to see that film. I'm going to be interviewing think, the director next week. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so jealous. Well, thank you for your for your comments to AJ and AJ. I I want to thank you for um, for taking 20 minutes, a little bit over, to be with us. And I I certainly hope that you have a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't work too hard and don't eat too much. Okay. I'm pretty impressed that AJ is willing to say the name of the Scottish play. I, oh. I know. I'm, I'm breaking all the rules. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. All right. Take well, care. Take Have yourself a great holiday, Bye, guys. Thanks, AJ. <laughs> Bye for now. And now, now it's now it's your turn. Out of over all these uh, movies that are being released these two months, uh, what are your um, picks for the best of the bunch? The the ten best, anyway. Let's let's hear your list now. Well, I've got a, a bit of an overlap with AJ, and uh, unlike AJ, who, who in a very organized fashion put his in alphabetical order, mine are in no order whatsoever, uh, but I will tell you as we go um, which ones I've okay. seen already. So I included for the holiday season really everything from um, Halloween to the end of the year. So some of the movies are, are out okay. already, at least in some cities. So I want to begin with a movie that AJ mentioned, The Big Short. The book was my favorite book about the financial meltdown. And as you know, um, I have a separate career uh, of writing about business and finance and Wall Street. So that's something I followed very closely. And I read a lot of books about the financial meltdown and testified before the commission that wrote the report on the financial meltdown. And unquestionably, The Big Short by Michael Lewis, the same guy who wrote the books that uh, became the movies Moneyball and uh, The Blind Side, uh, was by far and away the very best. This movie is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I thought it was outstanding, and I'll just say one thing about it. One of the reasons the financial meltdown uh, hasn't resulted in better um, uh, reforms is that it was so insanely complicated. So that's a real challenge for the director. As uh, A.J. said, 
someone better known for comedy, and I'll get back to that in a second. And so what he did, which I thought was genius, is when he has to explain the complicated stuff about uh, about collateral debt obligations and and uh, and uh, you know all the very complicated financial instruments uh, involved with subprime mortgages. He put Margot Roby in a bubble bath sipping champagne to explain it to oh. so that everyone would pay attention. I'm not sure they're <laughs> they paying would. attention to the not sure if they're paying attention to the finance part, but they're certainly paying attention. He has Anthony <laughs> Bourdain come in and explain uh, another part of it and uh, Selena Gomez uh, another part of it. So I thought that was very funny. The one thing I want to say about Adam McKay is that you might remember his movie The Other Guys with uh, yeah, Will oh, Ferrell. Hilarious. Hilarious. And, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Very, very funny movie. Well, you might remember that over the closing credits of that movie, and only tangentially related to anything that happened in the movie, he has kind of a PowerPoint uh, about the financial meltdown. And you could tell he was feeling very passionate about it. And I, I heard Michael Lewis give a talk, and he said, you know, I was a little skeptical. Is this a guy who could really do justice to this story? And uh, it turns out that he is an absolute fanatic about the financial meltdown and was burning to make this, and I think he's done a great job. As A.J. said, you cannot beat this cast with Steve Carell, mm. Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, mm. Um, uh, it just, you know, does not get any better than that. And uh, Brad Pitt is in it, not a huge part, but, you know, it's always always good news to see Brad Pitt. Uh, and uh, Marissa Tomei, and it's very, very well done. Uh, I highly recommend the book as well. So The Big Short, definitely on my top ten list for the year. Mm. Also on my top ten list for the year uh, is a movie that's going to be very, very controversial, uh, and uh, that's in part because it was made by Spike Lee, who likes to make controversial movies. Uh, in some ways, I think this is his most controversial film since uh, Do the Right Thing, uh, and it, it has a lot in common with that film. I'm a big Spike Lee fan. Uh, I've been a little disappointed by his non-documentary films over the last few years. The documentary films have been A+. Uh, he's kind of... Um, gone here and there with his non-documentary films, but in my opinion, Chirac is his best film in quite a long time, and I thought it was stunningly brilliant. Uh, It's called Chirac, and that refers to a section of my hometown of Chicago uh, where the murder toll, uh, the death count, is higher uh, from gunshots than in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. Oh, no. Yeah, so they call it Chirac because they said it's more like being in a war zone than it is like being in in this mythical city of Chicago that's just a few miles down the road. So it is. So that is a fact. That murder number is which they lead off with in the movie is a fact, and uh, this is uh, uh, an exploration of that, but not in the way you might think. Now I'm sure you're familiar with the ancient Greek play Lysistrata. Yes. Are you? Are you? Okay. The women, then you know. The women, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the women stopped the war by withholding sex, right? right? Okay, this is an updated version of Lysistrata. Oh, good. And it is told it is told in blank verse. So it's a very mm. heightened, very stylized movie set in a very realistic, very violent real-life environment. And I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I think that Tayanya... Paris, who plays the Liz Estrada role, deserves an Oscar nomination. It's got a incredible cast. Nick Cannon, who knew from Drumline, you know, we all knew he's an appealing character, who knew that he could act as well as he does. Samuel Jackson is in it, is a, a regular for Spike Lee. He's fantastic. And uh, John Cusack is in it. It's really, really good. Really, really, oh, it sounds so, fascinating! Wow, I, I have to see loved that one. it. Now, a lot of people are going to feel passionately about it one way or another. I loved it. So you've got two now that I have seen and that are already on my top ten list for the year. Now I'm going to give you another one I've seen, which is on my top ten list. It's in some cities already, and that is Brooklyn. With oh my God, I, I'm so glad you have that on your list. Oh, I loved it absolutely. Is oh. that the most gorgeous film? Oh, you know, I cannot I believe a, they've made a movie like this. It's like one of the, it's like a film classic. It's like, it it makes you think about those, uh, you know, those uh, those old time old time <laughs> classic films, and and everything about it is absolutely perfect. It is, and I want to 
give my daughter some credit. She gave me some very good advice. I told her she'd seen it, and, and I told her that I had received a DVD uh, award screener for it, and I was going to watch it at home. And she said, please don't do that. Please go see it in the theater. And Good for her. That was... Yeah, that was excellent advice because it is a visually stunning film, starting with the eyes of its star. I'm going to try to say her name correctly, Sersha Ronan, uh, who we all know, of course, from Atonement and and, uh, Hannah and, and various other films. So she is breathtaking in every way oh in this film. Oh. She is she is extraordinary. And this is, of course, based on the novel, and it's about a young girl from uh, Ireland who emigrates to New York in 1952 and uh, falls in love there. And then after a, a tragic loss in her family, goes back to Ireland and has to think about whether she wants to return or, or wants to come back to New York. And it is just a gorgeous Gorgeous film, utterly lyrical, utterly moving in every respect. The wonderful Jim Broadbent is in it as a very kind priest. It's nice to see a nice priest in movies these days. We haven't seen many yes. of those. And, um, uh, you know, the wonderful Julie Walters is her landlady. And I had not um, previously seen this uh, actor who plays her New York love interest before but Emery. boy yeah em, em, Emery, what's his name Emery Cohen Cohen yeah, Emery Cohen yeah Emery Cohen oh, he's a great he n- knocked my socks off I just well, thought I, he was great because I, I, I'm just I, I'm just so excited that you have this on your list <laughs> because I love this movie so much I mean oh, I'm good. so glad you, you recognize the beauty the beauty yeah. of the film I mean it but I, and it moved me to poetry again. So may I interrupt you? Certainly. And, and read the poem that I wrote about this this yes. film. Maybe it's because maybe I just got, got into this film so much, so much because my I told you this story before. I think my grandmother came from Ireland. She stowed away in a in a ship. I mean, much earlier than nineteen fifty. You know, the nineteen fifties, and came to America. You know, for uh, when she was 14, I mean, that's really brave. But um, so having the Irish roots, and then also I just happened to be in uh, Brooklyn during the time frame of this movie, the 1950s. I just happened to visit there, and I saw everything looked just so much like I remember Brooklyn at that at that time. So. I, I just, you know, got into the movie right away. But anyway, this is the this is the poem that I that I wrote. Across the sea, she sails one day to New York, where she plans to stay. Leaving her home makes her feel bad. We sense her pain and why she's sad. But Ireland holds no future there. Will she find hope, or is it rare? She needs a job and some new friends. So we care deeply how this film ends. Two men love her. Which will she choose? She must decide on one to lose. Sergei Ronan draws us right in. Her acting and awards should win. A poignant movie, Brooklyn imparts a sense of place and loving hearts. Old-fashioned? Yes. And so well-made with period scenes that will not fade. True classics should be cherished more. And Brooklyn is one you'll adore. What a surprise that it appears so lovely now in later years. So, so you can see, I mean, I was just, you were very moved. I was. Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. I, and Dom Hall Gleason is one of my absolute favorites as well. So let's a little shout out to oh. him. And Jessica Paré from Mad Men is in it, and it's it's just it's just a a treasure in every respect. Absolutely, we're we're definitely on the same wavelength there. So so thank you for letting me interrupt. We uh, so <laughs> no, now that from, was great. Okay, so now next, from Brooklyn, uh, where do you go? Next, I want to mention uh, another film that's already out in theaters. Everyone should go see this. Um, Priest in this one, it's uh, Spotlight, and it's the true oh, yeah. story of the Pulitzer Prize winning uh, reporters for the Boston Globe who broke the story of the widespread uh, uh, sexual abuse of yeah. by by Catholic priests and the cover-up by the Catholic Church, which is even more horrifying. 
Um, and uh, uh, it's got, a, again, a powerhouse cast, Michael Keaton um, and uh, uh, Rachel McAdams and Mark Ruffalo, um, Jim Slattery, uh, Leah Schreiber, and I thought it was excellent, very powerful. And, and I think the, the, the most disturbing thing about it is um, do we have journalists devoting the kind of resources that are necessary for breaking these stories today. Right, right. So that that was great. Uh, like AJ, I'm looking forward to The Revenant. Uh, I've heard wonderful things about it. Inuratu, of course, did Birdman last year. He's one of the greatest filmmakers alive. He's got a great cast uh, with uh, Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be actually presenting a uh, screening of the film next week um, with one of the actors and doing a Q&A with him afterward. Oh, uh, okay, uh, obviously Star Wars. I'm beside <laughs> yes. myself over Star Wars. I'm a big, <laughs> big fan. When the first one came out, uh, my my then-fiancé, a week before our wedding, and I uh, went to it, and um, this was something you could still do in those days. We actually sat through it twice. Um you were allowed to do that, and uh, we we loved it so much. We said, "Well, let's let's watch it again until the bar scene, and then let's watch it again until the trash compactor, and then let's watch it again." We just <laughs> stayed. We ended up seeing the whole thing twice. So I am a big Star Wars fan, big Harrison Ford fan. Every time I watch the trailer, I cry. So I'm super excited about that. Okay, going from the sublime to the ridiculous, uh, I'm very much looking forward to Sisters. Um, basically, you put Amy Poehler and Tina Fey in a movie, and I will be there. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. It's uh, loosely based on the true story of two sisters who went to close up the uh, their parents' home that they were selling and get all their stuff out of there. And one thing that really made me laugh is that I understand that the childhood bedrooms uh, that the two characters have are based on the actual bedrooms of Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So all the posters that you see in there are the ones that those two actresses really had in their rooms when they were teenagers. Great. <laughs> uh, I'm very much cool. looking forward to jo- to Joy. You heard about that. The, the David O. Oh, Russell. Yeah. I think David O. Russell, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence, that's a magic combination right there. And I'm particularly intrigued that this is loosely based on a real story and that Jennifer Lawrence is, is the lead for the first time that, since the three of them have been working together. So that is going to be great. I'm very much mm-hmm. looking forward to Anam Alisa. Uh, anything Charlie Kaufman does, I will be there to see, even if it's like Synecdoche, New York, and I have no idea what it's actually about. <laughs> um, and um, Carol which is in some theaters already and is expanding, is unquestionably the most beautiful love story of the year and one of the most beautiful love stories of all time. It's based on a novel by Patricia Highsmith, and you might recognize her name because she wrote the books that became uh, Strangers on a Train and uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley. She wrote Carol, originally called The Price of Salt, under a pseudonym because it was semi-autobiographical and it was about a lesbian relationship. And in the 1950s, that was not something that you could do. So um, she didn't acknowledge her authorship of it until almost 40 years later uh, when it was republished under the name. Yeah, republished under the name Carol. And that is the name of the film. Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara star as a – Kate Blanchett plays a – Wealthy suburban woman, very elegant, uh, very sure of herself. Uh, and Rudy Mara is a young girl who's not at all sure of herself, who uh, is a would-be photographer. And it's very easy to make a relationship with one older person, uh, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, kind of predatory. And they really avoid doing that. It's it's done with great delicacy. The reason that I emphasize the romanticism of the film is that if you talk to screenwriters today and you say to them, um, what are the challenges that you face in writing a story today? They will tell you that one of the biggest is that if you look over the, the history of movies, the history of, of storytelling, um, you know, it's it's always about keeping the lovers apart. and. That's, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a very, very short story. And you've got to find some way to keep them apart. In the old days, 
it was a lot easier to do that because there there were societal restrictions and um, uh, there was the Hayes Code and you were they were just not going to be sleeping together till the end of the movie and uh, and so there was an inherent tension already. You think about movies like uh, It Happened One Night. That was really the whole premise of the movie um, and. Today, it's extremely hard to think of reasons why they shouldn't just jump into bed together right away. And you'll see that in the the best movies that are out today, they, they get pretty creative about that. But in fact, the, the Twilight books were specifically created because the author of those books said, I need to figure out a way uh, that people will believe that these teenagers are not sleeping together. I know I'll make one of them a vampire. That was really the only reason that she could think of, why they would not be sleeping together. So the thing that makes Carol interesting is that because of, again, the societal restrictions of, of the era, um, it, it takes quite a long time for them to get together. And that's what makes it so romantic, is that you have this extended period of uncertainty and longing. And when... You, you, you as the audience get very, very invested in that relationship, and you don't care whether it's two women or a man and a woman or two men or what. You're just very invested in the relationship. And Todd Haynes, the director, is a master of visual storytelling. He loves doing period pieces. Uh, he did uh, the remake of Mildred Pierce with Kate Winslet. Of course, he did the yeah. rapturously gorgeous Far From Heaven. And here again, the costume design by the incredible Sandy Powell is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. And the the production design, you know, he's Todd Haynes said that the great thing about doing a period piece is every single thing is a choice because you're building it from scratch. And so every doorknob, every dresser, every car helps to tell the story. It's just a beautiful love story. So I thought Carol was great. Now I've got a special mention here. I've got a special mention for um, Where to Invade Next. I, and a Michael Moore documentary is always going to be provocative, always worth seeing, and uh, uh, I don't know very much about it yet, but uh, I just have that uh, on my list as well. Well, <laughs> that's... I do have that on my on my list, and I I watched it yesterday. Oh, <laughs> good. To invade. Yes, and uh, so it made my it made my list, and uh, I, I love your list. I let me go through to make sure I've got everything here because I'm okay. going to see try to see where we you know where we have some agreement. But you had the Big Short. Is it Chirac or Chirac? Chirac. 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 Like Iraq, Chirac. Chirac, Brooklyn, Spotlight, The Revenant, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, um, Joy and Carol, Sisters, and and Where to Invade Next for a special and, and mention. And Amelisa, right. Oh, and Amelisa, that was one of the ones that uh, AJ that mentioned. AJ, mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, what a diverse list. And I every, every one of these that you've uh, talked about that I haven't seen, I have to see. <laughs> Great. So I feel the same way with what AJ mentioned, and my um, I have some uh, similarities. I do have Joy, and I do have Star Wars: The uh, Force Awakens, and um, it looks like we all have Star Wars and Joy. All three of us have mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think those are the only ones that we've we've all mentioned. But of course, I mine I uh, started out with Brooklyn because that's all I could think about. The film is just so stunning and such a masterpiece. And if I could, I'd put Brooklyn down ten times. <laughs> I mean, I liked it that much. But uh, dear listeners, please don't miss Brooklyn. I, it was uh, released, I believe, on uh, November third. But I don't think it was released nationwide, and that's why I haven't seen it on the big screen. I I did see the screener now, and um, whenever I get a chance, uh, I will try to see it on the on the big screen. So that was yeah, the definitely. One. I th- I yeah. think that's very very important. And then uh, um, my list is uh, from uh, the first of November through the end of um, of December. So I did um, put. The Peanuts movie on my list because I am a fan of uh, Charlie Brown and uh, Charles Schultz, and I think, and it was released on uh, November 6th, and I, I think it might be a little bit too old-fashioned for you know today's, 
youngsters <laughs> for that audience. But it certainly, to me, captured the spirit of Charles Schultz's innocent humor. Did you get a chance to see the Peanuts movie? Yes, I thought it was very sweet. It was written by his son and grandson, and they did a nice job of preserving the uh, the innocence and simplicity of uh, of the story. Yes, I was kind of surprised because I didn't uh, I didn't think that I would in, enjoy it as much as I did. And then I also have Spectre because that was released on uh, November sixth. Mm-hmm. And although it's not the best Bond movie ever made. But I tell you, now that opening sequence is worth the, the opening admission sequence prize. was phenomenal. Oh my God, that the amazing Day of the Dead celebration visuals. Yeah. Just, I mean, it was it's just sensational. It, right, and it's too bad the rest of the movie, you know, wasn't as good as that. But uh, it did hold my interest, and I, um, and I'm I'm not off of the Bond. Uh, franchise yet. I mean, it's been going on and on, but um, I, I did like the uh, the previous Bond movies better than, better than this, but it was still a, a good movie. I had also The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, which was released on November 6th, and um, I, I just uh, thought that the, the first uh, Hunger Games movie was fantabulous. Uh, I, I didn't care for the second, but this one, I think, wraps uh, everything up nicely for Katniss and uh, Peter. I liked it better than the the second. Uh, yeah, I, right. How how about you? Uh, did you catch the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part Two? Yeah, I thought it was the weakest of the series, um, but in part that was because the book, you know, I think is very problematic. Uh, but Jennifer Lawrence was great. She was. She she was uh, definitely very very good as she as she always is. And then um, number five, I had uh, the good dinosaur because I I thought the trailer looked great and I have high hopes for family viewing fun. Uh, it just looks like it's going to be a great time at the movies and and that's uh, that's tomorrow I guess that it that it starts. The good yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, I didn't like it that much, but okay. You didn't. <laughs> okay. No. Well, we don't don't have to agree about everything. That's fine. Now this one, this one, uh, this one I just put in because of the title, Christmas Eve, which is go- going to be released on uh, December fourth. That and, looks like uh, fun. And uh, and I thought we should have something with a with a holiday name in it as <laughs> one of the films that we recommend. I haven't seen it, but uh, from from what I've read about it, it's a comedy about people trapped in elevators on Christmas Eve. And Patrick Stewart is one of the characters, and so is Cheryl Hines, and I like both of both of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll it'll be. I'm hoping that it will be uh, kind of some funny stuff around Christmas time. And then the one that we were just talking about, uh, Where to Invade Next, is uh, released on the 23rd of December. It and it is Michael Moore's new documentary, as you mentioned. It is very disturbing, very eye-opening, and highly entertaining. You must see that. Did you get a screener to that one yet? I did. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. I mean, it just... uh, it makes you really think, and of course, even if you don't agree with Michael Moore and some of the things that he does, he always makes you think. And he's he's the person doing the invading in this. He's picked some countries that he takes the American flag to, and he's invading these countries so that he can find out what's going on that's good in these countries and then, you know... Uh, Bring bring their ideas back to America, <laughs> so that's what the invasion is. That I didn't think it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be all about war, but this it's a whole adventure for Michael Moore going around to these different countries, and it's very very uh, interesting. And then uh, number number eight in the heart of the sea, which will be released on. Uh, December 11th, and wow, what a trailer. It kind of reminded me of the Life of Pi or Moby Dick. It's about an 1820 whaling ship tragedy with Ron Howard directing. And, uh, one it's of about the, the real-life story that inspired Moby Dick. 
Oh, okay. So that's 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 why <laughs> it reminded me of Moby Dick. And uh, which Hemsworth is it? I get the two of them mixed Chris. up. Liam and Chris. Liam was in Chris. Hunger Games. Oh, right. okay, okay. Chris, Chris is in in this. And Chris Hemsworth, previous... who who worked with Ron Howard in his previous film, Rush. And right, Rush, right. So uh, you can hardly go wrong with uh, with Ron Howard and uh, Chris Hemsworth, I think. And then, of course, I have, as I mentioned, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um, I mean, it's so encouraging to know that 30 years after the return of the Jedi, the saga goes on, and this time with old and new actors, and one of your favorites, Miss Nell, Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac. Do mm-hmm. you know what role he plays in it? I believe he's a good guy, and Donald Gleason is a bad guy. He's in it, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I, and, I don't know yeah, whether I'll yeah, be able I do. to I've, accept <laughs> I'm Gleason. crazy about Gleason is a bad guy after Brooklyn. <laughs> but. Yeah, but did you see him in Calvary? Because he was like the worst bad guy ever in that. I did see that movie, but I don't remember him. I didn't recognize him in it until I saw his name in the credits. He plays the murderer who's in prison that the priest goes to visit. Oh, yes. Oh, Played yes. by his father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he can probably, yeah, he could probably handle this. But we're all excited about Star Wars, so let's face it, everyone's going to go see it, so we better buy our tickets early on that. And then I have Joy for the very same reasons that you uh, mentioned about uh, uh, David O. Russell and then the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is the is the lead, and we're all all looking forward to that uh, to that movie. But what about your uh, DVD? Uh, picks for for family viewing. That was one of the things that we were uh, we promised our listeners that uh, that you would give us some advice along those lines. What what do you There's have? There's one that for came them? out today uh, that I recommend. That's Shaun the Sheep from the wonderful folks at Ardman. Uh, who do Wallace and Gromit, uh, and uh, there's an interview with the director of the film on my website today as well. Uh, what I like about it is that it's in the tradition of Buster Keaton and Jacques Tati. It's wordless. It's not silent, but it's wordless. There's no dialogue. And uh, and so you really have to pay attention, and the intricacy of the stunts is absolutely stunning. So uh, it's very, very funny, very, very smart, wonderful movie, Shaun the Sheep. Obviously, Inside Out is a great one for families, uh, one of the best films of the year. Um, I always love uh, Disney's uh, Diamond Editions of their classic films, and they came out with one for Aladdin this year, which is great. Uh, Home was a cute little animated film with Rihanna and Jennifer Lopez and uh, Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. Um, One thing I loved about it is that it is based on the accurate view that one of the most destructive forces in the universe is the reply all button. So (laughs) I like that. Uh, and then my very favorite series for kids is the Scholastic series. Anything you get from them is guaranteed to be an A+. And they've got two really nice ones out now, 20 Holiday Adventures for the holiday season and 20 Fairy Tales all in one package. And uh, what they do is it's just a brilliant idea. They take the best books for children. Uh, they have the best actors in the world read them out loud and the best people in the world doing the music. And um, so what I love about it is that it's the best of movies and the best of books at the same time. It really will get kids excited about reading these wonderful books. So those are my choices for DVDs for families. Oh, those are great choices. And we we probably have, we'll have some time in a minute to talk a little bit about uh, um, some other DVDs, and I'll give you my picks. But, but now it's time to listen to uh, a couple of brief messages from two loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny. You're listening to... Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat 
for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now, back to our feature. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nancy and Steve, for those fun promos. And, dear listeners, be sure to check out Nancy's very funny comedy concepts show right here on Blog Talk Radio each Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. I'm really addicted to that show. And another fun show you should check out is the Mom and Pop Shop Radio Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. It airs on Dreamstream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, don't forget all the diverse shows on the Wackle Bob Network, which you can hear now on Mixler. There's something for everybody in the Wacko Wheelhouse. Okay, back to Nell Minow, and we're talking about DVDs. Nell, um, any other genre uh, uh, where you would uh, like to recommend uh, uh, DVDs, the recent DVDs uh, for um, the end of the year? Yes, I would like to recommend some DVDs that I think people might have overlooked. I, you know, you don't need me to tell you that the big blockbusters, the Mission Impossibles and, and uh, Jurassic Worlds and all are out on DVD, but some that you might have overlooked. I'm not much of a one for scary movies, but if they're very, very smart and it's psychological horror rather than just a lot of blood spurting all over the place, then I can be very intrigued. And just in terms of bang for the buck, in terms of quality of film for the amount of money they spent making it, you are not going to do any better than a movie that came out last year called Coherence. Uh, it was made on a budget of nothing, basically. They shot it in people's houses, and yet it is so smart that the minute you get done with it, you're going to want to start it over again to see if you can pick up some of the clues you missed the first time. So, Oh, I, I, have, like I missed that. I'm, I, I'm going to... I'm going to take you up on that, and I, I have one that I don't think is overlooked, but I, I feel like I must mention it because I love the uh, the movie so much. I believe today Ricky and the Flash is being released on Yeah, DVD. I loved Rick, Ricky and the Flash. I got to interview uh, the guy who coordinated the music for it, and he was super fun to talk to, uh, and uh, because they, uh, the the director insisted on recording everybody live, not putting them in studios. And uh, he talked about, you know, what went into that. But I thought that was great. It was wonderful to see Meryl Streep uh, acting with her real-life daughter as her daughter. Oh, it was. And, boy, she she can sure do rock and roll. I'm so sorry to say it's time to wrap things up. The time went by so fast. And, Nell, it always does when you're here. I want to thank you so much and A.J. for being such terrific guests again. I hope everyone enjoyed the the show. I sure did. Here's a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, as well as to our producer, Nikki Starr, and our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. Please come back next time for another lively discussion about movies. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hey!